And the word this morning is connect in the secret place. Connect in the secret place. The series is what's the word? But the word this morning is connect in the what? Secret place. The Bible says in Psalm 91, He who dwells in the secret place, I want you to get this. He said he who dwells, he didn't say he who visits the secret place. Many of the time what we do is we visit the secret place and we go back. But the scripture says everything you see on Psalm 91 is all predicated on this verse, verse 1. He who dwells. It's not he who visits often. It's not he who hears about the secret place. It's not he who knows about the secret place. But he who dwells in the secret place. But how can you dwell in a secret place if you don't know where the secret place is? How can you dwell in a place you have no understanding how it works? How can you dwell in a place that God dwells but you are not connected in order to dwell in that place? Probably in this building there is a hiding place. In case of emergency, in case of something, thunder, tornado, something, there is a hiding place in this building. But if you don't know where it is, how can you dwell in that place? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. But I want you to get something this morning. If you know where the secret place is, how and where is the way to the secret place? You might know that there is a place called Afghanistan or Africa or Netherlands. But if you don't know how to get to the place, you will only have knowledge of it, but you will not experience the place. We have so much knowledge and all of, of, of things, but this knowledge has never transformed us into connecting to the place. There are so many parts of the United States, I will ask you to mention their state capitals, and you will get it 100%. The only time I will remember it was, you may not understand this, but those who are foreigners like me do know. I can ask you where is this state, and you will tell me where the capital is, but have you been there? You only go by what people tell you and what you read about the place, but have you experienced the secret place? I want to tell you this morning that if you have to be an enduring servant of God, if you have to be a lasting servant of God, if you have to be a child of God with an enduring grace of God in your life, you cannot be made in the public. No servant of God who has endured to the end, who has been used by God to perform signs and miracles, who have been used by God to, to, to do things that are incredible on earth that are made in the public. If you have to be an enduring servant of God, you cannot be made in the public. You can only be made in the what secret place of God. Many of us want to be great men of God, great women of God. 
But we have not taken the time to connect ourselves to the secret place where the power is generated to manifest in the public. The power is generated in the secret place of God in order for it to manifest in the public. There is no power in the public. There is only power in the secret place of God. And those who have walked with God successfully in the scriptures, which we are going to look at this morning, you will see how they were able to connect themselves in the secret place of God. And what they were, when they were done in their life in the, in the secret came to pass in the public. You want a manifestation of God in your life. Science, wonders, miracle. You want answered prayer. You want to know whether the man or the woman you're dating is the right person. You cannot know the, about the person in the public. You cannot know the person. doesn't matter how many years you date the person. You can only find out the truth when you go to where the secret place. Where the secret is revealed to your life. And what God is talking about in the secret place. We are going to see those who were able to stay in the secret place, what happened in their life. And I'm going to encourage you this morning that I said earlier it's going to be rough. It's going to be rough because the truth is going to be coming to you like a freight train. There will be no compromise in the truth. There will be no romancing of the truth. Because when you romance the truth, it becomes half truth and half false and it dilutes the truth. The truth needs to come in such a way that it will hit you and bring transformation in your life. That's the reason why you come to God, so that your life will change. Those who have been working with God, as I was praying continuously with the Lord, I asked him for so many things to come in the physical. He said, these things cannot come to pass until I have you dwelling in the secret place. And if you notice in Matthew 17, 19, when Jesus had done everything in the public and, and the disciples tried to heal a child, they could not heal the child. At the end of the day, they went back when the Bible says, and they came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not heal him? You might not be able to ask me questions now that I'm preaching, but by the time we go over to the secret place in the next few minutes, you will understand why the secret place is the boiling pot. That's the place where the fire is generated to turn the water from cold to hot. It is in the secret place that the fire is generated. You will not see it in the public, but the manifestation will be in the public. But the power comes from the secret place. And this morning, I want to tell you something. To understand the importance of the secret place of God, because he said, those who dwell, and when he said, he who dwells, if you go a little bit further, he now said, I will say. Only when you dwell before you can do what? Say. If you do not dwell in that place, you cannot say that the Lord is my what? Refuge. That the Lord is my what? Fortress. Only when you dwell. We quote the Bible, but we have never allowed the Bible to encompass us and encapsulate us so that the word of God will come by the power of his spirit. But we speak the Bible, the Bible has become a history book. 
It is not a history book. It's a living word that is able to bring what happened in the past, bring it also this moment in your life and in my life. If only we will go into the secret place. The time to be found, the time to be joyful, the time to look at the scripture as if it is written to romance our ego, to make us happy has come to pass. But the hour of now is the time of reality. If you're tired of being alone, if you're tired of being frustrated, if you're tired of church as usual, this is the hour for you to go into what? The secret place with me. Let's go into the secret place and see what happened with men and women who went into the secret place. And you'll see what's going to happen if you join and go into the secret place through the champion groups that God is setting up. This time around, you'll see the transformation that will take place in your life. Let me have the book of, let me have Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, from verse 42. Let me have it. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking Hold of bread. Hold on one second. The Bible says, remember from where I began, that there is no power in the public. Great men, great women of God are made in the secret place of the Lord. And those who desire to go into the secret place of God began with they devoted themselves. In order for you to be a part of whom that God will transform First thing you have to do will be to do what? Devote yourself. You cannot be transformed by God if you're unwilling to devote yourself. It's not talking about devoting your money to go to God. It's a Lord, money, go and do the job with God. It's talking about devoting what? Yourself. And on that a translation said, you know, they, 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 they continue steadfastly. You know what to devote yourself means. Another translation said, they gave up themselves. You must be willing if you want a transformation in your life through this period. You must be willing to devote yourself to what? To the apostles' teachings. And what was the apostles' teaching? It's a conversational discussion of the scripture. It was conversational. It was an in-depth discussion of the scripture. It is what the scripture calls iron sharpens iron. Where I come from, we have iron, we use iron to sharpen iron. I understand that many of you may not understand what this means. Because when you see a sharp knife here, it's likely sharpened by, 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 by you know, at the factory. But where I come from, there is never a blunt iron. When you take two blunt irons and begin to sharpen them one side with the other, you know what you do? You begin to open up a sharp edge in the iron because two irons will sharpen one another. When you join those who devote themselves in the apostles' teachings, which is studying the scriptures in a conversational form, you begin to expand your knowledge. You begin to expand your understanding. In a Bible study is where you expand your understanding. You get different perspective from different people to add to what you know already. If I tell you that I know everything, I think the best thing for you to do is just to stand up and walk away right now. Because I learned a lot being with other people. And I'm going to give you this testimony because Jesus was able to testify about Mary Magdalene because of the impact of what she did in his life. I'm able also to tell you this morning that last Wednesday, a young man was able to give an insight, an in-depth into what I may not know about, and that's Philip Bonaparte. 
He gave an in-depth understanding to us when we were having a conversation, discussion on the scripture about the young people and the reason why they commit suicide. He said something that was so profound that opened the door for many people to begin to talk about that they have for somebody to say that I have been there. I know what it means to attempt suicide. I have attempted suicide before. My best friend committed suicide. Many of you here, your children, your brothers, your sisters, somebody have attempted suicide. But you may not know how to help. Many of you are going through relational challenges you have no solution to. Many of you here are going through situations and circumstances you have prayed, you have tried in the past, and it never solved the problem. But until you are able to come together to those who have experienced the same thing with you, they will be able to guide you and lead you to know that what they passed through is not in vain. You must understand that the disciples that God was able to use, he began with them what? In a small group. Immediately after the baptism of Jesus Christ, the first thing he did was to do what? Form a small group. Choose his disciples. Because he knew that the disciples are very, very important in a small group in order to fulfill the purpose of God in his life and the life of the people. They began by devoting themselves to the discussion, to discuss the scriptures, to open them, their minds and expound their knowledge in the scriptures. If you want to grow spiritually, one of the first things you do is to devote yourself into the study with a small group, the champion group. And I, I'm, I'm able to call it a champion group because Jesus was training his disciples to be champions. He was not training them to be failures. He was not training them to be, to, to be half-baked ministers of the gospel. But he was training them so that they would be able to be an instrument to transform the world. The 12 people he worked with gave the opportunity for all of us here today to be here. God is able to use you to do great things if only you can devote yourself in the midst of other people to begin to see the secret. And by the time we go through a few of these verses, you will come to the understanding that the secret things of God belongs to God. But that which is revealed to you is for you to do what? Do wonders for him. He said they devote themselves to the apostles' teachings. What else did they do? And to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and, and to, to fellowship, and to form relationship. And I want to tell you that the relationship that I have in this church that are strongest the most are the relationship that was built in a small group. Many of the people that were formed in the small group when we were having the small group have been very impacting in my life, and many of them may not know it. And I know that many of you too are very close to other people in this church, not because you come to church, but because you were able to connect with them in the smaller sense. And because you connected with them. I want to show you something, a great importance about connecting this morning. I want somebody who feels he or she is the strongest person in this church. If you know you have the strongest power, you're the strongest. I need that person here, male or female. I need a volunteer. Thank you so much. Come on. Thank you so very much. Now, I need somebody who feels he or she is the weakest in this church. If you are the type that when they hit you, I need one person here. Quick. Okay, I need one person to pretend that he or she is the weakest. Can somebody come down? Please, quick, two seconds. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you. So, thank you so much. God bless you. I want you all to do me a favor right now. Let me have, 
Let me have this. Thank you. I want to show you something this morning that is very, very profound. This is the strongest man. I'm going to give you this. Which one do you want? Take that one. This is supposedly the weakest person in this place. Now, I want to give both of you an assignment. Strongest man, I need you to use that. Don't push it. Just use it to bring this chair over to this side. You have two seconds. I want you to use it. You cannot push it. I want you to use it and bring it over to this side. One, two, three, four, five. It's not working. Six, <laughs> seven, eight. Oh, he gave up. All right. Now we have supposedly the weakest person. I want you to use this and bring this chair over to this side. Doesn't matter how you do it, as far as you don't push it, do any how you want, but I need it brought over this side. One, two, three. Now, I want you to see something. The power was not in the single. Where's the power? In the connection. The connectivity of this one, one to another, strengthened and made it possible for this chair to be moved. But if you are alone, if you want to walk solo, if you think that walking alone in your life will solve your problem, you better go live in an island because you're going to get your problem solved. We have a strong man who have even a chain that is bigger than this. This chain, this single one is bigger than this. But he's unable to do this. Imagine if this is a mountain in your life. Imagine if this is a challenge in your life. Imagine if it is sickness. Imagine if it is disease. Imagine it's a financial situation. You try to do it alone. He couldn't do it. But when you go into the secret place where collectively Jesus said, two or three are gathered in my name, the prayer bounced it and this was able to be moved. Thank you so much. Thank you. The power in connecting to the secret place the secret of the strength of this is because they were what connected to one another. One by himself, you can do nothing. Jesus said, for without me, you can't do anything. Those whom God used, they began by connecting to one another. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The next thing, they devoted themselves to the forming of relationship. Because relationship is what you need in your life in order for you not to be alone or lonely. Many people of us, we come to church every day, but we are still alone in the midst of many. We are lonely in the midst of many. We don't have somebody to be accountable for. If you have to grow spiritually, you must have an accountable partner. You must have somebody that you will be accountable to if you have to grow spiritually. And the disciples began together by doing what? Studying the scriptures, iron, sharpening iron. The next thing they do, they began to do what? They formed relationship. The relationship they formed enabled them to be accountable to one another. What's the next thing they do? What was the next thing? To okay. the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. To the breaking of bread. And I want you to see something this morning. We all know that the breaking of bread, the scripture is talking about here is what? Communion. And one of the things I want you to understand, even though all over I do not have anything about communion on Sundays or communion in large church. But I want you to understand that Jesus did communion with a small group. 
Jesus never did communion with the 5,000 people. Jesus never did communion with the 4,000 people. But Jesus did communion with a small group and told them to do this one another. And the disciples began to do what? Offer communion to themselves as they were in a small group. I want to encourage you that if you want to see the true benefit of the gospel and the true benefit of communion, you must be able to align yourself, connect yourself with other believers as they take communion. And after the communion, what was the next thing they did? Prayer. Here is what is very important I want you to know this morning. Remember, all these things were happening as they formed themselves as champions in a small group. And as we go further, you're going to see for sure that this was a small group. This was not in public. And as they were having together in prayer, they fulfilled the purpose of Jesus Christ and his words when he says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. So in the two gathered together in a champion group, in a small group, I want you to understand that God answers prayers. I want you to understand that the prayers that you will not be able to pray alone, you will have people who will support you to pray with you. You will have people who will encourage you to pray with you. And Jesus said to the people, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. And what was the disciples doing? They knew that the secret to fulfill the purpose in the public was to come together to agree in prayer. And whatever they agree, because the scripture said, whatever we agree on earth should be what established in heaven. On a Sunday service, we don't have enough time. You see, I kept looking at my word because I want to make sure I get all the points. But when you join together in a, in a champion group, in a small group, as I encourage you this morning, there is a secret. And we're going to see the things we ask for in the public, we're going to see right now as it took place in the life of the people who were in the secret place with God. After they broke bread, the next thing they did, they prayed. After they prayed, what was the next thing that happened? Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Hold on one second. Everyone was filled with awe. People were surprised as to the what? Many wonders and signs, miracles that took place, performed by God through the apostles. Why? Because they were able to stay with God, to understand. I want you to understand that Jesus himself, I saw something in the scripture a couple of days ago that actually made me change my mind and my, the way I pray. God is not happy when we pray and do not get an answer because he has given us the power to fulfill the purpose. When his disciples prayed and they were unable to get an answer, when they, Jesus came to him and said, how long will I be with you? How long will I be with you? At what point will you be able to do what I asked you to do that I have given you the power to do? And if you look at the response, the statement of Jesus, that would tell us that he was not happy. He wasn't happy. He said, how long will I be with you? How long will you continue to doubt? Because he's been giving them the authority and the power to do it. Signs and wonders were performed by the apostles, not because they were in public, but because they were in the secret place of God where they have fellowship, where they have communion, where they have prayer, where they have encouragement with one another. Only when you are under in the secret place before you can be covered by the shadow. And you cannot be covered by a shadow except there is a light. There is no shadow without a light. There must be a light in order to have a shadow. And he said, 
and many signs and wonders and what else? All the believers were together and had everything in common. And they were together and they had all things in common. Go ahead. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Let me explain this area to you right now. The greatest care ministry you can establish comes through the champion group, the small groups. They're caring for one another. There are people I've not seen in this church for a while. I might even not remember they have not been here until either you see them until years or weeks later, you remember they have not been there. But if they were part of a small group connected, immediately the leader will notify the church that there's something wrong. This person is not here. This person is sick. They were able to care for one another. They gave each other financial support. I can tell you, my own life has been transformed because of small group people. Financially, spiritually, because of small group members that we met in this church. And people may not understand that within the small group, that's when you begin to build trust. That's when you begin to know people. That's when you begin to know that you do not judge a book by the cover. There are people you have misinterpreted or believe wrongly about them until you come close to them. Then you'll be able to understand them. You'll be able to understand them when you come close to them. Oh, this guy is not really bad the way I talk. He never smiles. I never knew he just, that's his nature. <laughs> How many times have you all seen someone and say he or she is always stone-faced, never smiles? But you don't know where the person is coming from. You don't know what is going on in their life. But you are easy to judge the person the same way all of us have been judged by others until they come to know us personally. And he said, they sold their things. They took care of one another. And each person's need was met. I want to tell you, without you connecting to the small group, without these people connecting to the small group, the needs of those people will not have been met. There are people here whose needs could be met by others in one way or the other if they are able to do what connect with other people. There are people who could be encouraged there are people who could be helped financially. There are people who could be helped emotionally, psychologically. There are needs that we have in our life that we cannot solve until somebody else steps into our life. It all takes place in a small group. I want to let you understand that you should not be a Lone Ranger anymore. The Lone Ranger strongman was unable to move this. But a small, weak one was able, with the power of connection, move this with ease, even almost tipped it over. Because of the power of connection, the secret dwells in the connectivity. Because in the connectivity, we have strength. Together, we can do more things than one person can do. Together, we connect that synergistic energy to push forward. Together, we are able to overcome than one person alone will do. They care for one another. They helped one another. Let's see what happens next. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. Now, now, listen to this. Remember, I said, the Bible said, those who dwell. And at the beginning here, he said, they devoted themselves. Now, the word is what? Every day. It's not often. It's not sometimes. It's not once a week. It's not once a month. If you have to receive the secret from God, you must be in his presence day in day out. He said every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts and we again. 
They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere in hearts. In their homes, they moved from home to home. And I want to share you something this morning. When I was talking to one of our wonderful sisters here last Wednesday, something came to my spirit when I was having conversations with her. And when we were talking about people opening their homes to the Lord for Bible studies, for the small group, for the champion group, something happened, came to my spirit, and I began to tell her, I said, listen, many of us are like this. We want God, Lord Jesus I have some problem now, Lord, can you come and take care of my problem? And the Lord Jesus come onto the door and knock. And you open gladly because you want him in to take care of your problem. And after he finished taking care of your problem, it's okay, Christ. I will see you next time when I have a problem. And then Jesus says, can I bring my children into your house so we can have open an altar here so we can have fellowship, so we can have communion, so we can have relationship, so we can pray, so we can break bread. Can I bring my children? You know, Lord, you know, my carpet is white carpet. You know, I, I just don't want it messed up. You know, Lord, my, 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 my husband don't like guests, you know, in their home. But whenever there is problem, we treat him like Walmart. You go to Walmart, you buy what you want, you go home. And then we say, Lord Jesus, my daughter wants to get married. You pray, you speak in tongues, you do everything because you need him. When he comes and takes care of your problem, it's okay. Lord, I'll see you next time. But I'm telling you this morning, that was the analogy that came to my heart when I was speaking with her. And that's exactly. We find our homes more important than Christ. But when we need him, we began to ask men and women to pray. But I'm telling you, there's nothing greater than you allowing God to set up an altar in your own home. There's nothing greater than the altar in your home. The fire keeps burning with men and women praying constantly in your home. You are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. Then you can say, he is my refuge. Then you can say, he is my fortress. Because in your home, there's a constant fire of God. 